I like to connect, I like to build, and I like to be creative. So whether it's blockchain or not, I've been doing that, and that's what I still do. I'm Rudy Dogum, and this is Wholesome Crypto. Here, I speak with crypto experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs to find out what personally led them to the path of cryptocurrency. Today, I speak with Justina Ososka, the founder and CEO of Women in Blockchain Canada, a nonprofit organization aiming to inspire women to become involved in blockchain tech. Welcome, Justina, to the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me here today. Of course. And um, yeah, with that, what you're doing, what you're working on in uh, the Bitcoin Foundation uh, for, for Women. And I'd love to learn all about that. But before getting started and all that, I still want to know more about you and how you even got into Bitcoin and crypto and blockchain and the whole story behind that. So where was Justina before even hearing about Bitcoin? So uh, living in Ottawa, and that's where I learned about Bitcoin. Uh, some of my friends uh, happened to own a Bitcoin ATM. And, uh, you know, they were always talking about it. And they were talking about using it for sending money. And mm -hmm. it was, uh, they forced me down and had to watch a couple of documentaries about it. And, you know, I didn't really get into it that much for a long time. It was just always like on the periphery, you know? Yeah. And then I, um, we all ended up going to a conference in Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think like three years ago or more than that, something like that. And, uh, and I was like, okay, there's very little female representation here. And so, you know, I kind of had the idea, but didn't really do anything about it. I mean, back then I like, there was still not enough regulation about this whole topic. So I didn't even have my name on my business card. Like I just had my Twitter symbol. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't even have my, like, it was so funny. Um, but I wanted to meet the people who were in the space. So I went, I met them. And then one of them, Ken Bozak, was actually coming to Ottawa for oh, a conference. I know Ken Bozak, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. So something's happening in Ottawa. And then I met more people who were in the space. And then I went to the Untraceable conference in Toronto. And after doing that, you know, people were literally coming to me and saying like, you need to, you need to do like a non-for-profit and, and start getting more women into the space. And I was like, okay, why not? You know, I never even thought about it. Never like, it was never like an idea that I, that I conceptualized uh, before. It well, just sort of what were you doing before uh as a, a profession a career so i mean i i still uh work full-time for the government actually mm -hmm. and so i've been doing that for a long time and then i started it as like uh yeah like just doing it on the side and i my first event was sold out and then nice. the city of ottawa came to me invest ottawa uh there are sponsors and then we did it an event uh, in Montreal with the, also a startup incubator of Montreal. So I ended up working with incubators, um, you know, that helped entrepreneurs get started off the ground, do the event. And then I started speaking at events and going to events. <laughs> it's all happening and, so fast, right? Yeah. And then now, uh, you know, I, I still do that. And now it's growing and we're talking to universities. We're writing research. Uh, you know, I've partnered, I'm partnering uh, with a American company called SITTEG. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to be doing some work on governance and the Polkadot ecosystem. So there's a lot. 
there's a lot on the go. I'm also working on like a, uh, starting up a gaming guild. Oh. Well, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of you never know. You never know. You never know. What well, was that always like in your uh, horizon? Did you always feel you had to be an entrepreneur? Was the entrepreneur spirit in you the whole time? Or is this kind of happening as, as of now? Well, I did. I was part of the entrepreneur club in university. Okay. My dad was always an entrepreneur and so i guess i had the entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit nice you know like i bought my first airplane ticket when i was 15 like i saved my money and then i went to my dad and i'm like here's enough money for me to fly to europe here's 500 dollars. why don't you use your visa so like i can have my ticket you know um wow, yeah awesome. I've, i studied i've always wanted to do business but i just didn't think like i would do it like this you know it's like it's a humbling moment for me you know what i mean in a way too because when you're doing uh, non-for-profit work um, and you're, you know, part of it is like volunteering and part of it is just like going to these conferences and doing all these things. It's, it's a humbling experience because, you know, you uh, you interact with all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life. You you never really know. And that's funny in life. You know, a lot of us try to plan things out. Like mm -hmm. I never planned this, but it, this is what ended up being a need in the market. So I did. And then I didn't you know, while I was doing it and I started working with Justin Goldston, who's like a professor at Penn State University, he, we just happened to vibe well together. So he's like, why don't we work on other projects? And I was like, <laughs> okay. So then I'm writing a white, you know, that didn't come to me. And then I brought him a student from McGill and they're writing the, uh, one of the first academic papers on the metaverse. Oh, wow. Did I plan that? No, no. <laughs> but it just came to play. Cause I mean, that's the thing. That's a beautiful thing about what you're doing too is you're building an amazing network. That's exactly. So at the end of the day, some of the opportunities end up, end up coming onto your lap because you're working hard. And I think that's what it's about. I mean, I care about the price like everybody else, but at the same time, I care more about, you know, like when the market goes down, like I don't care because I was doing this before and I'm doing this now. I'm building. So for me, the focus is what can I build in the community? How can I community build? How can I educate? What can I do better now? Exactly. That's like the most difficult thing about crypto now, especially being on Twitter. It's just all you're seeing is what the prices of Ethereum, what the prices of Bitcoin is and NFTs. But there's so much more behind the scenes that's happening. And I feel like you know, we're missing that, especially in terms of education. We're missing that, too. And I'm glad you're doing what you're doing now. So then, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so like there's a lack of developers. Some people who are working like on Ethereum and Solidity, they're making like $600,000 a year, right? Yeah. So yeah, well, if you're doing private work and you're not a one company, that could be your salary, right? Um, so I think the, the thing is there's a gap current education and what mm -hmm. the market needs. And so if you have that kind of a split, you're going to see people getting paid all kinds of money for doing all kinds of things. So you know, I think that education is still important. So I would like to work in it. I, I you know, uh, Justin and I are going to be building um, developer courses with like an inclusion lens. Mm -hmm. That's my goal for 2022. So we want to teach people about Substrate, how to run their node. Uh, we have, uh, that's what we're working on together. So that's my plan. And then uh, working on the Guild DAO. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah, but you know, I'm excited. It's good. <laughs> and then, so what do you uh, is finding the most exciting about creating a DAO? Because that's kind of new. This whole DAO scene. I mean, it's creating a company, and you have to also, I guess, work with two different entities, which is the DAO and also the local or federal government. Um, so what like interesting 
things have you found out about creating a DAO that maybe someone like me that's never created one before needs to know? I'm still in the process. I think we need to do another episode on that. <laughs> so don't hold me on that. I still run as a registered Canadian non-for-profit, but mm-hmm. when I get to that stage, I'll glad talk to you about it. From what I personally know now about DAOs, uh, you know, decentralized autonomous organization, I think it's just completely changing the business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're asking someone to create a smart contract and then you may need a multi-signature uh, wallet to pass transactions. So, you know, it could be something like, okay, I don't have enough money to buy this NFT. So why don't we pull our resources together? But in order to transact with the wallet, this way. so what you, again, is a developer. And so that's the demand for the developers and depends on what network you want to have it. Most of them are currently being done on Ethereum. So you're still looking at high gas fees and things like that. So it's also like, how do we manage accessibility and a system and then like finding someone to build it? I mean, you're probably going to have to pay them also in Ethereum. So I think what I can tell you is for the moment, I think there's a lot of shift happening in the space as people are building towards ETH 2.0, as other competitors are coming into the market. Uh, I'm looking at the evolution myself. So the legal aspect of it as well is tricky. So yeah. that's why I'm saying, hold on. Uh, <laughs> it's a conversation I have to have um, yeah, with the lawyers. Like, out. Yeah, something I'm working on. But, uh, but what I would say is I think the education side of having uh, an educational DAO in the future will be the ability, you know, to work internationally, the ability to have involvement and be decentralized and not really have, you don't have a boss if you have a DAO mm-hmm. base. You need certain people to approve something, but it creates a, a more of a matrix system, I would say. So I think it's just changing how we do business. Yeah, I know a lot of, uh, I guess I never experienced uh, using crypto in Canada or know of someone who has used crypto in Canada because I'm an American. Uh, is there anything that's kind of, I guess, you know, the, I guess the regulations, are, regulations are a little bit different. And you said that you first heard about Bitcoin with uh, your friend's ATMs. How has that evolution been in Canada? Is it coming more accepted? Or is I it... think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. The regulations are de- like we have two ETFs on the Canadian stock exchange. I think there's more coming in. I think definitely there will probably more interoperability even with our banking system. I think it's just getting to that phase where the regulators are catching up to this, they're realizing it's something they'll have to integrate into the system. So I think on that aspect, it's there coming and being like, even the taxation rules have been amended, you know, like how do you count it? How do you yeah, move it? Uh, there's, there's places that before uh, I used to, I did like a, a, a Twitter thing a couple years ago where I went to a crypto cafe and I was able to buy a coffee with crypto. Uh, cafe. With crypto. You can, yeah. And they had mining in the back and then <laughs> a cafe in the front, but oh, then wow. it became unsustainable because of the, the price of ETH went low. So I don't know. I think it's just a cafe now that you can still pay with crypto. I have to, I actually have to look into that. It's uh, it's called spill the beans if anyone ever comes to see it in Montreal. But there's also merchants that accept Bitcoin. There's like, you can literally, I can walk down from where I live, you know, 20 minutes and there's a Bitcoin ATM. There's several in the city. There's yeah. like, um, you know, there's posts for Bitcoin where you can buy it and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just become more regulated in Canada and, more accessible yeah and were you always into tech too or is that also kind of new when you learn about blockchain no i've always been into tech so it's easy for you to adopt the language and i guess you're right 
I, I've worked on several projects with like IT, you know, involving building architecture mm -hmm. and like data. So personally, I feel like it was not a stretch to understand just a different database. So like, that's what it is. Like blockchain, yeah, right, a is. secure, decentralized database. So all you're doing, all I'm doing is taking the knowledge I have from years of experience and like working with developers. Um, so yeah, no, for me, I guess it's, it was an easier transition maybe than for other people. Mm -hmm. And I studied business, I had, you know, background in finance, economics. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're hitting all the points above what cryptocurrency and blockchain are trying to solve. So it just made yeah. sense to you. That's funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny. And I then I watched a lot of doc like after the year, my friends trying to indoctrinate me. I <laughs> I started to you know, read the, my books. I, I got to meet some authors from the space. Like, um, you know, it's it's been great. It's been a great journey. You never, like, you never know who you're going to meet. And I yeah. just feel like the space really opens doors for some people. And how many conferences have you been, you said? I don't you know. Count. I'll have to count back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah, I just went to the North American uh, Bitcoin conference in Miami. Okay, And nice. that was really good. Yeah, they had like Mark Cuban there and then they had a really good panel on space. And I was like, wow, I'm never, I never cease to be amazed. When I think like the space has moved and we've done a lot, yep. you have like, wow, another one. Like it's really, I feel like it's fascinating. Really. And I mean, now that, you know, you're obviously growing your business, uh, becoming more of an influencer, being more of a speaker, present presenter. Has that also been something you've been like, actually enjoying or were you always kind of more of a reserved person? You kind of were just forced into this, into this position. Uh, I didn't even know what an influencer was <laughs> until like uh, I went to Toronto and I, I asked some people, I'm like, so what do you do? And they're like, I'm an influencer. <laughs> That's my job. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> And then the girl's like, oh, I have 20,000. It was crypto model. She's like, I have like 20,000 followers on Instagram. So they invited me to this event. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's a thing. Wow. Didn't know Didn't know it. Like I opened my account for like the purpose of like being part of the community in a mm -hmm. way, you know. Um, but then at that conference, I used to also do photography. I I photographed like Larry King and I, I got to photograph Charles Hoskinson and a lot of people were at the conference. And the thing is, when you pay for a photographer, you know, it's going to take them like a day or two to get back to you with the photos, whereas yeah. I was working for myself. So I just like went on Photoshop and changed the photos. And next thing I knew, I had like 300,000 views. Right. So wow. it kind of happened like that. And then I uh, met also someone in New York. Uh, Cody who's an influencer and he said and then I met Ken so they were doing that and I was like okay I guess I could do that like I guess like I guess I could do it <laughs> might as well and, and I'm like if it gets me into conferences like why not I remember I snuck into a conference but now I'm friends with the with the organizer so we're good <laughs> but uh but yeah but yeah you know like it's uh it's just like that you know sometimes you end up, you end up doing something completely random and then you're like oh yeah I stumbled upon this because now I enjoy it. Now I enjoy making content. Now yeah. I, it like forces me into creativity. And then that's what got me going to the cafe. And that's what got me doing mm -hmm. things and always creating. And then I ended up doing content for this tour to crypto. And then they, I got my post retweeted by them. And then the next thing I know, they're like on Fox TV. And I'm like, how is this happening? <laughs> and I'm just riding my bike to work and making videos being like, hey guys, you know, wish you all the best and whatever. <laughs> that's too funny. <laughs> no, but I, that's the, that's the truth, though. That's why it's so funny, right? Because yeah. I, but I was into it, you know. Like, of course, I, it's, I, it's I, I really feeling. love, I, I love it, you know. So it's, I think it's when you, it's the simplest thing. If you do what you love, 
you end up being successful because you're doing it out of like what you really like. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I did so much volunteer work for them because they were actually riding their bikes for like this, um, you know, women's shelter in uh, in Atlantic City. Sorry, no, it's not. It's in Atlanta. I'm confused. It's my first conference versus like this organization. And, you know, at the end, they send the, ended up sending me all this free swag and they're like if you ever want to join the team let us know nice. and it was just like you know you just end up meeting amazing people and having a really good time and yeah it's uh you learn so i feel like what i do now is i read a lot i'm a mm-hmm. big reader and now i feel like i can go to a conference and i can learn just so much from the people that are there it's so practical conferences yeah. I really recommend them. I've only been to one and I'm going to ETH Denver. It's coming up, so that's exciting. But oh, there's a lot of people going. I can connect. Please do. Yeah, I love meeting people as many as I can. Just like, It's fun because yeah, like, like, like you and many other people, there's so many people creating amazing work in the blockchain industry. I'm like, this is what I want to see what's going on. I don't want to see charts. I want to see people building and working together. It's the most exciting thing about this space. And I feel like that's always hidden from mainstream mm, yeah there are people who do care about the company yeah. as well you know it's a mix so it depends there's the people who are here for the short term and then there's the people who are here for the long term so it depends who you're interacting with uh i mean i can connect you with yeah like i'll definitely connect you with the people i know and i and they've been in the space for for a hot minute so i feel awesome. like they'll still be here for the long term i mean it's yeah. at the conference i met someone who i met at my first conference and he's like oh you have more followers than me now <laughs> how'd you do that <laughs> yeah and i was like that's so funny and then we went to have ice cream in miami and it was just that's like awesome. yeah and then he's like, I got into space since then. I was like, yeah, that's super cool. You never know, right? You, you never, never know. know where people end up. So so then uh, now that I guess what is like your favorite or like hopes to see application usage of blockchain? Like what industry or some some reason where you thought, okay, this is what blockchain needs to solve as fast as possible. You kind of already have money solved. So what would be the next thing? Well, I think blockchain, in my opinion, will be a... We're not even using it to anywhere where it could be. So I think like one of the things that I would hope to see is the transparency. So transparent spending, transparent um, use of money, transparency overall. I think another that's really important to me. Another aspect that's really important to me is sustainability. So how do we make our system yeah. sustain? And that's not just like environmental. I'm talking about systems, communities, anything in general. Um, supply chain, you know, sustainable supply. You can use that concept throughout. So I think for me, the interest is like, going full circle and right now i feel like every, a lot of things are disjointed like compliance airports like government everybody's got their own database and then there are risk of security so like why aren't we all working together why aren't we doing things together and it's like i think and my hope is like even i don't know if you've ever seen uh ben gortzel he's got great speeches i highly highly recommend them he's a guy who has this sophia robot Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's always saying, let's train the robots nicer than we are to each other, basically. Because he's like, (laughs) look at how we treat animals. Would we want AI to treat us like this? What is the information? That's a real word. Yeah. What is the information you're sending to the world? So I think now when you're having machine learning, artificial intelligence, blockchain, and all these things, I think the important thing is, where are you putting your money? What is it doing for society? I'm, I really uh, feel passionate about social impact. And of course, now you can quantify things. So strategy of the commons and economics is what's the price you put on like water? What's the price you put on other things? Rainforest. 
I spoke to someone at the conference who's like working on like making it. I know Canada, I just found out, has a fund that helps people to, you know, repopulate forests, you know, because they can quantify things and they can measure them and then they can show that. Or you can this or for social impact, how much water is a company using versus another one? Are they being sustainable about it or not? Yeah, this is all transparent, which is, you're right, something we're missing so much from. Instead of trying to investigate and fight or have people tear up records, we can have it there and have them hold accountable for anything that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So now that you're in the, I guess, more heavily in the crypto space, blockchain space, I know it's like a 24-7 industry, so it's hard to take a break. What does Justina do for fun? What's what's like a hobby outside of crypto? That's a good question. We know you read now. (laughs) i like to go up the mountain i like to go by the canal i like to go skating so basically like like ice skating or rollerblading ice skating ice skating canada were like you know winter for four months (laughs) so i like to go skating uh we have the largest open door skating rink in the world which is the the canal in ottawa and uh and yeah, in the summer, there's a lot open, so you can really enjoy the outdoors here. I like that, yeah, because especially now in, with COVID, we're crammed in all day on the computer just looking at things. So going outside for a walk and going outside for just, yeah, like skiing or something, it's amazing. I love like just going out and clearing my head and like breathing in fresh air for at least a half hour. Otherwise, it gets so stuffy. Mm-hmm, exactly. So now that, uh, yeah, again, you're in the crypto space a lot, what is something that's... Uh, pet peeve of yours in crypto i think people turning it into a religion yeah i wrote an article about like, that one that's a good like one. seriously you know we're already like divided in the world enough about certain things i'm not like i'm not here to preach to anyone about it so for me the important thing is let's all try to collaborate and work together and i may not agree with you maybe you're i don't like your ecosystem because the transactions are too slow it breaks down but that's your whatever i can use <laughs> another one you know what I yep. mean? Um, so, yeah, I think it's like, again, we're bringing the stuff from the old world into like the new world. And so for me, it's like sometimes that's the thing when you meet people and they're like, oh, no, I, I can't. And I'm all about interoperability. How do we have an API and how do we all talk to each other? I just mm-hmm. want people to be able to communicate and talk. And if you have a better system, it's a better system. But it's kind of like, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's right now we're in like an information overload. There's a lot of blockchains. There's a lot of people. Yeah. There's a lot of projects. And it's like there's a new thing happening every. So you just have to like focus. I think for me, that's what I do. I focus and then I'm like, OK, I'm going to focus on this because this resonates with me. And that's it. And if people want to yeah. work on other things, I don't care. Let them be because that's their that's a funny thing, too. Like in the beginning of crypto blockchain, everyone was very cooperative and wanting to work together. Like, oh, blockchain is going to save us all. We're all going to start working together mm-hmm. and make these amazing transitions in the world. And now as people started investing all their money into it and trying to strip talk down on other blockchains just so their bag can be pumped up it's like you said are bringing things from the old world world to the new world but another thing to remember is also you know blockchains are created by humans it's marketed by humans humans are behind everything still it's, it might be a, an awesome computer program but it's hard to change the culture around it in total mm-hmm. yeah you're right so i think like we'll have to see how things progress i'm hoping that we become fourth dimensional yeah and just you know um and i think maybe that's a a paradigm that we have to shift there's something that has to unite us all otherwise we get polarized you know yeah it's all like yeah exactly and it happens so uh, unsuspectedly just comes in all of a sudden it feels like we're polarized Uh, so what are 
so now yeah you're in women uh women in blockchain canada and how has that been with you how many uh i guess people have asked like how many women have came to you and asked about hey i've been trying to learn more about blockchain but i didn't know where to start what is your first pitch like awesome like someone's interested in this how do you attract them in yeah like uh that happens quite often you know we get inquiries on the website or i get people asking me things on linkedin um facebook different platforms and i think i just say you know like let's uh come to our events if they're a great place to learn we before covid we used to have them way more often and i think now that we've had covid i've kind of slowed down on the events front and i've decided to kind of shift the focus um into building in the background on the research side and creating partnerships and collaborations but i think that will be starting back up again um, maybe not physically but still virtually for the moment but i think like at the end of the day i always say just you know you'll end up coming to the event then you'll end up meeting different people you'll end up having places to look you can look at our you know that's that's what we do we're very event like it's very events focused come to the event and see and meet people and like get the introduction you know and then the topics we cover um, and will be covering will be related to i think many interests for women because a lot of there's been studies done like women don't from what i've read anyway it's not just about the money. It's also about the impact that it's making on society as a yeah. whole. So we try to make our events focused on like, okay, look at the use cases of blockchain around these things. That's awesome. And yeah, I mean, it's exactly what it should be about. It's not about the money. It's about the use cases. And so say if um, blockchain never existed, what mm -hmm. do you think you'd be doing in life? Where would you be in life today? I think I'm, my, I'm just a connector for people. So it doesn't really matter what it is. I'm a, I like to connect, I like to build, and I like to be creative. So whether it's blockchain or not, I've been doing that, and that's what I still do, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I've always been a person who likes to network. I would go to different events even before having this organization. I was always kind of involved in community work, uh, even throughout, you know, high school um, and university. Like, I remember I went... And I was on clubs and I used to be like the, you know, I don't know if you guys ever had like on your system, the people who announce stuff in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to do that. <laughs> and uh, and I even in, in university, I was always like doing volunteer work. Nice. Uh, I would, you know, it actually in management information. System. So wow, that's awesome. And yeah, I guess that made it really easy. And then in <laughs> management information systems and the entrepreneurs club. So gotcha. I guess like this is like a marriage of the two. Exactly. It's just like your sweet spot in life where it's kind of like everything you've been good at and been working on is made, made the career for yourself. So it's finally here, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, what's funny. I organized hmm. a, an event with a speaker like 10 years ago when I was in university, Marianne Massad, she's a fortune 500 company owner. And I had her come in as a speaker during university for uh, L wine and cheese, which is like woman wine and cheese, uh -huh. like promoting women. So it's so funny, right? Um, that this, ends up coming back again so last year when we did international women's day i had her in as a speaker because like it was still relevant it's like yeah i've moved on 10 years <laughs> later but i'm like okay come to this event because you're still a woman and you're still in technology and i just did like a you know um, did an event focusing on like resilience during covid and so it wasn't even like a oh this is a woman in blockchain event this is more like how do you keep resilience in difficult times yeah it's tough because yeah, this is the true test of that. Exactly. I wish I was there to learn more too myself. I, I, I can send you the link. We recorded it on Zoom. Awesome. On YouTube, yeah, it's there. 
Awesome. Uh, so I guess uh, more about, you know, women in blockchain. What are some of the more uh, challenges that you've had developing this nonprofit? Uh, I think we can go into that, but I don't want to go too much into it. Yeah, I go think ahead. it's like first thing that comes to your mind. I think it's like when you're working with um, sometimes volunteers, it's like, I guess the motivation, the commitment and the motivation and things like that. But I think like now it's uh, I've really had to work on myself. And that's, I think, the true challenge when you end up doing leadership when people are not paid. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, oh, man, this is like way harder because I do management for paying and then this. And I'm like, well, this is like another this is a whole <laughs> other bag. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, I think it's just really challenged me as a person to grow on like a personal level. Like it really pushed me to be kinder. It's pushed me more gentle. It's like, yeah, it's really, I think in a way you end up molding yourself to the environment as a human being. We're so adaptable, but people think we're not. But it's like, no, like we're two yeah. years into the pandemic. People are very adaptable. Exactly. And so, yeah, it caused me to grow. Nice. And is this the first com company that you founded? Uh, as a non-for-profit, yes, that's correct. Awesome. And what are the other companies that you founded? No, it's more like I, I also did photography. So, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, great. Now, I guess one of my uh, last questions I'd like to ask, what is your favorite wholesome crypto moment? Well, this one right now is in the present moment the best moment. <laughs> That's true. Thank you. <laughs> present moment is the best moment. It's where the only time you're actually experiencing something. Everything else mm -hmm. is either a memory or imagination. Mm -hmm. Nice. A good answer. Thank you. Well, Justina, thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved having you here. I loved what you're working on. I'm excited to see you keep going. I'll make sure to share everything about you to everyone that I know. Perfect. And I can connect you with Omar and you can guys can grab a beer or whatever oh, nice. Boston. Perfect. thank you so much see everyone thank you take care bye-bye